one of my favorite things to do is crying in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It's strange, but I love it because it's just, I'm vulnerable with myself, right? And I'm, and I'm being the most vulnerable. And in that an incredibly vulnerable moment, I looked at myself weeping and thought, why would I give up on you? Why did I not think that you were enough? Why did I do all of that as though you weren't enough? It was that moment that I said, I'm never doing, looking dead at myself, I'm never doing this again. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. I am so grateful that you are here with me today and this incredible woman that I am going to be sharing with you today has become such a bright light and a new connection in my life. Morgan and I actually met through Instagram. So one night I was just scrolling through my explore page and one of her reels popped up and I was immediately taken by her light and her magnetism and her energy and the message that she was sharing. And I went down a rabbit hole on her Instagram and started reading all of her content and just related so much with the information that she was sharing. And interestingly enough, she happens to live in Atlanta. So I reached out and I said, hi, Morgan. My name is Melissa. I am going down a rabbit hole on your social media. And I really enjoy what you are doing in the world, more specifically around human resources and personal development and mindset work. And I am in the Atlanta area and have set an intention to connect with more like-minded women. And if you're open to it, I would love to learn more about you and hop on Zoom and just talk about how we can support each other. And this is what it looks like to take action, to connect with like-minded people. When you set the intention to expand your network and connect with high vibrational people, the universe starts delivering it. And so over the past couple of weeks, Morgan and I have gotten to know each other and her story is so powerful and the light that she shines in this world is so bright. And in this episode, you will learn all about the importance of commitment, but really committing to yourself and getting super clear on what your value system is and what you are willing to tolerate in your life and what you aren't willing to tolerate in your life and having a clear vision of where you want to grow to. And all of this stems from Morgan's experience in human resources. And she's been able to take all of the dynamics of building teams and leadership and culture and problem resolution, conflict resolution, and apply that to helping you resourcing back to who you are. And so whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you're looking to make shifts in your personal life, or you're building a business and leadership and teams, this episode is going to give you so much insight into what it looks like to root into your values, get clear on your purpose, and then be able to communicate that to others. Morgan Bullock is a resource coach helping women sort 
force back to themselves after loss. She is also an HR consultant helping small businesses with their people culture and dynamics in the workplace. She's a motivational speaker, two-time author, and host of the Around and Within podcast. And Morgan's purpose is to help people see the light around and within themselves. And I am so honored that she is here. I hope you love this episode. Let's dive in. Okay, Morgan, I'm so grateful that you are here and that we actually get to sit down and record some magic because I feel like even though we've just newly met like through the power of social media um like we've known each other a long time and every single time we've had conversations we just drop in and have like juicy soulful connection and I know that this podcast episode is going to give a lot of women and people just permission to find what fulfills them through the gifts that you have to share so thank you so much for being here well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I love our juicy conversations. I love like that kinship. It's just, it's like I've known you for forever. So. It's like, oh, I see you. Hey, what's up? Oh, you're here. Hi. <laughs> okay. So tell me, what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? Mm, one boldly courageous thing that I've done recently is... I have given my per- myself the permission to receive. I've taken a moment to, I've taken a moment, that in itself, <laughs> you know, as someone who's always like thinking about the next thing, as we've previously discussed, like bulldozing through all of my goals and all the things I'm trying to get through, like I rarely take a moment to just like allow myself to love where I am in life, love on myself, let others love on me. Um, If others love on me, I can't help but to like bring it back to like loving them and making them the the center. And so recently with with everything that's going on in my life, um, I've just allowed people to love on me and allowed myself to receive it. I'm curious, has this been something that has come naturally to you in your life in general, or is this a brand new experience for you? Uh, no, it is not coming. This is, this is very brand new. Um, I played softball for most of my life and with women in sports, I can't say the same for men, but, but women playing sports or young ladies, we're always taught like be humble. It's about the team. If you're interviewed or if you do something, bring it back to the team. And I've always been that way, you know, from the time that even my younger brother passed away when I was 19 and people would come and say, Morgan, and try to console me and love on me. And I would say, it's okay. And before I knew it, before the conversation ended, I was encouraging other people, mm-hmm. right? I never allowed people to just like love on me and allow myself to receive an abundance of love and appreciation and celebration. I have a very hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. So pushing myself to allow attention to stay on me and receiving that has been difficult because everything within me wants to say oh but you're great too thank you so much you're awesome (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know like not and stopping myself from that Mm -hmm. has been difficult but Mm -hmm. has been very rewarding you know it makes me look at myself and say you know what I am worthy of this and I am enough by myself I'm not enough because I'm giving somebody else praise and people realize that I'm of service to them I'm enough when 
you know, even when, if I, even if I'm just here to receive things. Mm. Amen to that. And I'm glad that you brought up the worthiness piece. Cause my logical next question was going to be, where do you think this, like the root of this comes from, right? Cause I know for a lot of women in general, it's hard to receive compliments or love or support. And we always want to deflect it back. Right. So what do you think is like at the root of this inability to be able to sit back and receive love and support and compliments? Again, I, what kind of like what you said, I think we, as women, we are taught um, by society, right? That you are worthy based on what you can provide for others, right? If you can be a great wife, a great mother, uh, if you're great at your, you know, at your job and how you are of service to other people. Like I've worked in HR for seven years now. And when I taught, I love having conversations with everyone, ones that may not be even work-related, or I'll, I'll dig a little deeper, get really close to people to kind of hear how they think. And a lot of women are so self-sacrificing mm. in the workplace and in everywhere in their lives. And they think that, oh, well, if this person or if this man or if, you know, the job or whoever sees how self-sacrificing I am, they will then recognize my worth, um, hopefully pay me accordingly, um, hopefully, you know, praise me accordingly or find me to be worthy. This is a real theme in my life right now of this idea of self-abandonment of that, like, I want love so badly that I will abandon myself in order to receive it, which is actually the opposite of love, right? And so I'm hearing you share this a little bit in the workplace, right? Especially for women that if I overachieve or if I overproduce or if I overgive, I'll be worthy of recognition. I'll be worthy of praise. I'll be worthy of a promotion or earning more. When, if we just look at men versus women, for example, men don't do that. They do the complete opposite. And as a result, they're rewarded differently, right? So I'm curious, like from your perspective of working in human resources, what are some ways that women can start looking at their career path and the way that they show up in their careers, clue them in onto where they might be, you know, self-abandoning or not honoring their truth and how can they start stepping into that? Yeah, I think in most of the conversations that I have, uh, and again, this, this extends past the work, the mm -hmm. workplace, but in everywhere, I'm just like, how are you advocating for yourself? Mm -hmm. Right. In the times where I've interviewed men or watched negotiations happen on the back end, I see people just simply advocating for themselves. A lot of times in these conversations uh, with women, I'll say, okay, wait, but you do this, 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 and this, right? And what makes you think that that's not enough or that you have to let go of all of these things or not advocate all of these things or not hold your head high about these things? or stand strong on these things about you, what makes you think that that's not enough? Because I'm telling you that it's 10 times more than someone else who's advocating for themselves. Um, so I think the first step in all of it, uh, the first step that I typically take in my coaching, in my counseling in HR, or just talking to a girlfriend and saying, okay, but wait a minute, what are you great at? Who are you? And let's talk about that so that you're not wavering on the foundation. Let's get the foundation set in every area of your life. So yeah, that's what I would that's what I would encourage. 
What are you great at? Man, even that question probably, I mean, I can feel like, like, I'm like, what am I great at? Right. I remember, and that can probably bring up a lot for people because going back to your earlier point about receiving, it can sometimes feel maybe like I'm full of myself or narcissistic, or I think I'm better than other people, but no, like really just honoring what you're great at gives you an opportunity to impact lives, right. And, and help other people by just by utilizing your gifts. Right. And something that I know, um, a lot of people struggle with kind of in conjunction with this of like knowing what you're great at is also knowing like what your values are and what your purpose is and something that you are a master at and really like excited about is helping people tap into that deeper purpose, right? So aside from, let's say, knowing what you're great at, how do I even know if I'm following my purpose? Like I might be really good at my job, but is that my purpose? Like, how do I, how do I know if I'm following that path? Yeah. I think this is different for everyone, but a method that I use is just kind of like, again, going back to that foundation, I'm not even necessarily what you're great at. Um, but who you are inherently, um, who you've always kind of been, even including some of the different things that you've gone through in your life. Cause I think that that who we are is a culmination of all of the things that we've been through, uh, who we naturally are and defining and recognizing what your core values are. What are the things that you gravitate towards? Um, what are some words that really stick out to you? Some things that you feel like you're missing if you, if you don't have them. For me, I realized how little I knew of myself after getting my divorce and losing loved ones and recognizing like, wait a minute, who am I? Now that I've sacrificed all of me, um, who am I? Who have I abandoned? Um, who is this woman? And so really sitting down, crying, <laughs> writing, figuring out like, okay, this is who Morgan has always been. This is, these are the things, and even if I haven't always been, or if I, or if there were some things about myself that I wasn't really in love with, I could say, and this is who Morgan can become because now I'm in this place of, all right, let me pick up the pen and write the rest of my story. So, yeah, I don't know if that really answered. Mm. No, but it's so beautifully said. And, you know, I, I, like when people connect with you and they look at all the magic you're creating in the world. You know, you're this incredibly successful woman. You're in a really powerful relationship. You have an amazing career. You're super talented at what you do. You're a life coach. Now you are getting into, you know, um, investment properties, like you got it going on. Right. And, but it hasn't always been that way. Right. And you kind of alluded to, you know, the divorce and these moments in life. And I know, and you know, just through conversations that we have that, there are a series of defining moments that we go through and grow through that teach us lessons. So would you be open to sharing maybe like what has been the ultimate defining moment in your life that has given you the greatest like blessing on the other side or the gift or the lesson? Oh, definitely. The, my marriage as a whole and the demise of it as well. You know, I think about my, the deep desire that I had to be married and to be a mother, again, that self-sacrificing mindset of like, this is what my life is supposed to look like. 
this is what I think that the people around me would want for me uh, more so than I was even really like looking within to check and see if this is what I wanted. Not really taking the moment to like look at the red flags or recognize some things that were not aligning with who, what my core values were just for the sake of everything else, right? Just for the sake of thinking that if I fill any voids or or if I fill my life with what I think my life is supposed to look like, I will then be happy. And then doing everything in that marriage that was just always taught, the relationship itself was always just toxic for both parties, right? Um, doing everything to make sure that that stayed afloat. Because again, if this is successful, then I will be happy. Just never really looking within to check and see like, is this making me happy? Sacrificing all of myself and then getting to the end and breaking free from that relationship and realizing like, wait a minute, I was always enough. I was always what I needed. And I kept using all of these other things to fill that when I just, I just had to look within me. Mm. I just had to look within and recognize like I had everything I needed. And getting to that point of, one of my favorite things to do is crying in the mirror. Mm. It's strange, but I love it because it's just, I'm vulnerable with myself, right? And I'm, and I'm being the most vulnerable. And in that an incredibly vulnerable moment, I looked at myself weeping and thought, why would I give up on you? Why did I not think that you were enough? Why did I do all of that as though you weren't enough? It was that moment that I said, I'm never doing, looking dead at myself, I'm never doing this again. I'm never leaving you again. And then from there, it was like, and here's why, right? And here, because, because you're such a happy person or you love your freedom or you're infectious here. And I lost all of that. And I was so disappointed in myself for not choosing me first mm. for the sake of thinking that what societal norms or what everyone else tells me would make me happy thinking that that would make me happy. Mm. Wow. That's so powerful. Just the, just the, the visual, like I can see that and I can feel that moment. I can't imagine how transformative that had to be for you and like really becoming a defining moment. And it's like, this question comes forward for me of you're so willing to commit yourself to others and their needs and other relationships, but how willing are you to commit to yourself? Like where, and this is the idea of self-abandonment and the opposite opposite of like self-abandonment is really self-commitment. And it sounds like in that moment, you looked yourself in the eye and you said, I commit to you a hundred percent. And how can we really truly commit to anything in our life if we're not truly committed to ourselves first, because we're not showing up as our authentic selves. You know, we think that we're giving a hundred percent or we think that we're all in on a relationship or a job or whatever that is, but it's fragmented, right? It's not coming from a whole source. It's like Swiss cheese, like it's, you know, Mm. and you are a human resource expert, right? You've been in the HR field for a long time, but also we've talked about this and what I'm hearing is this idea of resourcing, like you are coming back to the source of, of who you really are. So can you share a little bit more about the work that you are stepping into now? Because I know that you are uh, making a little bit of a shift and kind of stepping into 
a fuller expression of your gifts. So can you talk a little bit about what it means to, you know, come from a place of resourcing as a human? Sure. It's a culmination of everything that I've been doing, right? To your point, resourcing people back to self Mm -hmm. uh, is always what I have been doing. I've been doing it through HR and under the guise of work. But again, I'm like that infiltrating HR person who's going to get really cool with you and then talk about life with you. Um, Because people perform better when they have someone to talk to. With coaching, you know, it's people who are seeking me and seeking to um, be resourced after loss, knowing that I've been through loss, knowing that I have the training and, and saying, okay, wait, I want to live my life on purpose. I want to love myself fully. And, and in order to love myself fully, I need to know myself fully. And so I assist people with that. And then uh, now I'm, I'm like, okay, but I have seven years of HR experience and I don't want to abandon that. I, I enjoy what I do. So I'm focused on, you know, really helping small businesses who have new teams to kind of be that liaison, help them with their culture development, help them with, you know, um, finding solutions with their productivity and, um, you know, a handbook and things like that and just developing a culture, but also being that person for the employees to really help them to glow and shine in their roles. Uh, I think that it's incredibly important and it's not something that a lot of companies, even, even not even just small businesses, but companies as a whole lack someone who cares, mm-hmm. lack someone who can listen lack someone who can be a liaison, you know, the horror stories that I've heard from friends, from colleagues, from, you know, managers who are like, wow, you've been really helpful and really instrumental in these difficult conversations that I've had to have with people, um, you know, or employees who are like, I'm going through a really tough time and I really needed someone to just be able to listen with an unbiased ear and really being able to bridge that gap has been helpful to, I've seen it be helpful to others. And so I'm just incorporating that into my business, into Mm. what I'm doing. Um, I'm so excited about Mm. it. This is such an interesting like thought process, right? Because when you think about human resources, it's like to me, like the way I've always thought of human, I'm like, oh, it's the hall monitor, right? It's the person that's going to like make sure (laughs) that you're like doing your job and you don't get in trouble. Like you have your manager layer, but like, oh, if you get a phone call from HR, it's like, oh boy. Right. But what I'm hearing you say is that HR is so much more than just making sure you follow the rules. It's really about bringing in more empathy and compassion and the human side of businesses, right? Because I know kind of to our earlier point, especially with women, like you feel like you're just a number and you don't really matter. And all, all that does matter is how you contribute to the bottom line. And so for companies that really want to create a culture of whatever, whatever the culture is, the at the core, the nucleus of that is HR, to be able to bridge the gap between higher level leadership and the big vision of the company and those that help that vision come to life. And it's so much more than just making sure you've filed your 401k paper or your benefits paper papers, right? It's so much greater. You know, some of the best companies and companies that people love to work for, are those where it's clear that they care about their employees, 
right? They, they think about their employees. Their employees have a ton of perks, but more so like they're more than just a number. Mm-hmm. You know, they're somebody who everyone genuinely cares about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try to, I try to bring that to wherever I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I love part, I love, I love business leaders who recognize the importance of human resources, mm. right? Because they'll, mm. they'll see human resources as their partner because that's what we really want to be. And I can't speak for every human resource, you know, professional, um, but that's truly what we want to be is to be a partner so that we can create an amazing experience for the employee. Because when you feel good, you do good. right produce well and then people and then the business is growing and everyone's growing everyone is happy um and that's deep down what we want right Right. exactly it's to be acknowledged and to feel worthy and to know that your work makes a difference like what's the purpose like we were talking about earlier like what's the purpose behind my work every single day and is it appreciated am I recognized I have a lot of network marketers that listen to the podcast and that I work with and a common theme that comes up that I'm seeing more recently, but just even when I was in network marketing is this idea of like team culture and camaraderie and also the challenge when there's a difference in leadership styles, right? Cause this, this type of business is a little bit nuanced where you're not uh, an employee, you're, you can come and go as you please. And there's, um, there can sometimes be this friction between higher level leadership and newer leaders where maybe leadership styles are different and team culture is different and maybe values misaligned. So for the person that's listening, that is, you know, a new, well, just a new entrepreneur that's building a team. Mm-hmm. What are some things that they, you would need to be thinking about when it comes to building a culture in an organization and like setting up values and communicating that? So how, like as a new leader, how would I go about doing that? Set your values. That's so important. The same way, I think it all kind of interlards. The same way that when I'm resourcing people back to self, I'm like, okay, so what are your core values? What are the things that you are or what you want your, your business to be? What is it? What is it that you want it to look like? What do you want it to feel like? What do you want others to know that you are? And set those and stick by those. Because once you stick by those, then you can, then everything else can be built out from there. Know your core values and know the big picture so that you can communicate that to your team. Mm -hmm. Again, you had mentioned like when, when employees or when people know what they're working for, it's so much more fun to work for, right? Mm -hmm. It's so much more like, okay, I have this goal or I know what the goal is and I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. But if they don't know what the goal is, if they don't know what the culture is, if they don't know, you know, what, what exactly they're doing, they're just like, okay, I am a number and I'm just doing this one menial task. And I don't even really know if it matters, Mm -hmm. but if you want to build something, what it, regardless, you know, I've, I've been on teams on sports teams and when we knew, Hey, this is where we're getting to, Hey, we're winning this championship. Hey, we're having this many, whatever, uh, wins, or this person is going to be, you know, the, the player of the year. We all knew what the goal was and we all, it was so seamless. We could all stay on the same track, but when the goal was never like established, I wasn't talked about and we didn't know if we were on the same page, we lost, mm-hmm. we were frustrated. Mm-hmm. We felt like we did, nothing mattered. Um, and that goes for 
everything with your relationships. Do, do you and your partner know exactly where you're trying to go together, separately and together? And if you don't talk about it, then it's going to be, then it's going to be difficult because you don't know where the other person is or where the other person stands or what you're contributing to the relationship to see like, are we on the same, are we getting to where I'm trying to go? Does this person know where I'm trying to get to or where we're trying to get to? Getting everyone on the same page by expressing the big picture and, and everyone understanding how their role is so important and integral mm-hmm. um, and helps everyone get there is, is the first step. Defining your values and, and communicating the values in the big picture so that everyone can be on board. You know, and also gives the other people the opportunity to say, okay, I really don't like that big picture. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's cool. Go be a, go help somebody else with the big picture that you like. Mm-hmm. But now knowing, now with everyone knowing what the big picture is and being all for it, it's going to be 10 times easier to really build the team and the culture that you want. And I can see how this plays out in multiple uh, paradigms, right? Dating, relationships, friendships, business partnerships, like when you're rooted in all of that, it, it allows you to be a lot more discerning as to whether or not this is a yes for me and a no for me. And it's not, it doesn't have to be this um, dramatic negative. You're right. I'm wrong. Or I'm right. You're like, whatever. It's more of like, okay, I, you're chocolate and I like vanilla or you, you know, like you're whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like different strokes for different folks. And it doesn't mean that um, your values are wrong and mine are right. It's just what is in alignment, you know? Right. That sounds very freeing to me. It is. But people are afraid. People are afraid to have those conversations because like, what if we don't align? And then we have to agree. Girl. And I don't really want to, but deep down, deep down, you kind of do want to. Why? Because you committed to yourself. Yes. Right. And it's like, no, once I made this commitment to myself, I can't go up. I'm already, I made the promise, right? In the mirror, I've made this promise to myself. Um, for every aspect of my life that I'm going to continue to choose myself. So with that, I now, we now, I now need to communicate with others to ensure that we are aligned so that I'm still staying true to myself. Mm-hmm. That's, mm. scary, That's scary. It's again, like God speaking through you. Thanks. I needed to hear that. <laughs> okay, fine. I get it. And, you know, having that clarity doesn't always make it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was having a conversation with someone about this recently and, you know, like values and non-negotiables and, you know, the comment that came back to me was, how is this so easy for you? And I was like, oh, this is not easy. Nothing about this is easy. It's hard. It's challenging. It's difficult. It doesn't feel good you want to negotiate with yourself and that's where you can kind of toe the line between like self abandonment and coming back to that visual of you in the mirror crying, saying like, I'm committed hundred percent to you. I think that whenever we set boundaries, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I know I have a hundred times. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set a boundary. And it could be something as simple as like, I will not look at my phone in the morning before 10 AM before I've done this, 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 and this. Right. Mm-hmm. And something will test that boundary almost immediately, like right away. And you, and you, oh, and it's in that moment where you have a decision. Am I going to stay true to the thing that I said? Am I going to be in integrity? Am I going to be, you know, like in alignment with that boundary and commit hundred percent? Or am I going to like 
waiver. Is it, am I going to waiver? And I heard this um, recently from a guy named Mark Groves. He's a relationship expert. It was such a cool example. He was talking about degrees of separation. And he was saying like, in the beginning of any relationship, you might have this boundary and you might waver like two degrees <laughs> on that boundary in the very beginning. But when you play that out over the next three months or six months or two years, the, that two degrees off becomes like a hundred degrees off because you're projecting it out over how much time, right? So small micro shifts in the beginning turn into massive transformation in the long run, good or bad, right? Or, you know, however you want to phrase that. So yeah, it's like anytime you commit to something, the universe is going to be like, are you sure? Yeah. Sure. That's what you really want. Cause you said you wanted it, but if I deliver it to you, can you handle it? It's so true. It's like, when I was going to the office often before COVID and I was like, I'm going to eat so, healthy, <laughs> eat so healthy. And someone was like, I brought donuts just because I felt like it. And I'd be like, what the hell is this? What is this? Who told you to do this? I even remember, I remember even going to Smoothie King around that time. I think the day that someone brought donuts, I was like, whatever, I'm not going to do this. Went to Smoothie King. I was like, I'm going to get a small smoothie. I know this is minuscule compared to what you're saying, but I was like, I'm going to get a small smoothie and it's going to be a meal replacement. I don't need the large. I just need a small. And then I got the cup and I was like, this is not a small. He was like, oh, you know, I, I just gave you a large. I know you just paid for the small. And I was like, oh my God. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. Everything that I'm doing, I said that I was going to do this and I'm trying to stay diligent. And then everything around me is saying, are you sure? Are you really not going to eat this donut? Are you only going to eat like the small, or drink like the small amount of the smoothie, even though you got a large for the small price? This is like an Instagram reel where like the donut has like, I could just see this being like, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, and they have like little mouths on them. It's like a real, yes. <laughs> like this is an actual like visualization of what yes. happens in your mind when you set a boundary or a commitment or an intention for something. And it comes back to this idea of like consent as well. Like, what are you saying yes to? What are you saying no to? Is every action that you're taking coming from a place of true consent to yourself or to somebody else, you know? And like I said, I'm like, yes, this is just as much like what I need to hear. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, thank you for that. And I'm writing that down. Okay. So let's talk about conflict resolution. Cause I know that's another big part of like resourcing, right? I mean, conflict within ourselves, conflict within organizations. And I hear this a lot in network marketing as well as like, okay, this person has an issue with this thing and it's a conflict. So as a as someone who's thinking about building a team culture based in values and a really good leadership organization, how do you deal with conflict resolution? Yeah. Well, I personally love processes and procedures. And I like, okay, HR, I can be a hall monitor at times and say, look, this is the process and the procedure. But I like it because people can't shy away from having the conversations that they need to have. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think everything boils down to communication. The, the business that you want to build, the relationships, the team that you want to build based on community, you have to communicate your values. You have to communicate the vision. When it comes to a conflict, there's so many times that I see 
with employee, with employees, managers, and with self, that people are like, I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> right? I want to ignore it and it'll go away and it never goes away, right? Or when it gets to a point where you're just so fed up, a manager's like, I'm ready to fire this person. And it's like, well, have you had the conversation? Have you talked about it? Have you asked how this person's doing? You have no idea what this other person might be dealing with. So I, the thing that I've always kind of been dealing with is employee relations and having those very difficult conversations and showing managers and showing people that the difficult conversation is never as difficult as you typically make it seem. If you just have an open communication uh, and, re- and and not just open communication, but trying to understand the other person's perspective, mm. trying to understand like, well, why do you have a conflict with this? What is the issue? And how can we possibly work around this? You know, um, and if there's not a way to work around this, how are you going to get over the fact that you've got to do this thing that you mm. may not want to do or that you have a conflict with? Same with life, right? How are you going to accept reality uh, or same with self, I should say. How are you going to accept reality and get over the fact that you you expected something different, right? You're going to have to have a conversation with yourself to say, okay, this is what I expected. And I'm really annoyed because this is what I'm getting, right? <laughs> now, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to keep expecting, I'm not going to keep expecting and being disappointed. I'm going to come to grips with the fact that this is what it is. And I have to deal with it, right? I remember us having a conversation and you were using uh, the phrase of like, what story am I telling myself? Yeah. You know, and that really stuck with me because, you know, I, I would think, I, I will think about the story that I'm telling myself, but even in this, re- in, in this case, I'll now start to think like, okay, these are the components of the story. This is the setting. These are the characters. This is what I have. So what story am I going to write, right? What's to, what am I going to do with the things that I have um, instead of, instead of have, instead of thinking about something that I don't have, instead of thinking about a setting that I'm not in and characters that I'm not dealing with, what is it that I'm going to do here and now? So I would encourage, you know, network marketers, or anyone building a business or anyone having to deal with conflict resolution, my recommendation for how I deal with employees is I always give the employees the moment to speak, the space to speak and say, hey, this is an issue. What is it that you're feeling? Mm. How is it that you're perceiving this? You know, because nine times out of 10, when that happens, the manager then realizes something I realize something and then we can say, oh, okay, now let's talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'll then say, okay, manager, how is it that you perceive it? And when people uninterrupted, <laughs> allow them to both allow themselves to get everything off of their chest, um, you're then able to find some resolve. And I feel like a lot of this comes from having a high level of self-awareness, but also this is the testament to doing the work, right? Of reading the books and hiring the coaches and doing the courses and the masterminds and doing your own work of realizing that, okay, I, I am not happy with something in my life and I have to take ownership for it. And how do I navigate through it? And then how can I then take that and apply it to other areas of my life? Because again, conflict resolution, whether it's in the workplace, in a relationship, a business setting, a friendship, the dynamics or the, the, um, yeah, the dynamics don't really change. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all the same, right? It's all the same. It's all the same. 
something that I do, something that my partner has done with me in various times, he's like, okay, let's think through all of this, you know, um, let's think through where you are, what it is that you're feeling, the setting that you have and the story that you want to create. And then let's keep going down that storyline. What then happens? And same thing that I do with my managers. I'm like, okay, so let's say that we have this conversation and this person is terrible, right? And um, and it's everything that you think. And then you wanna let this person go. What does that look like, right? We're gonna put them on an action plan. Let's say that they leave. How are you gonna find somebody else that comes comes in? How are you gonna be able to handle that work thereafter? Like, are we thinking past the conflict? Mm-hmm. Um, and are we thinking past the resolution? Uh, and I think when we start to think past that in our lives, in our business, in our relationships, um, we can start to make more sense of kind of everything that's that's going on and we, mm. in the steps that we really want to, the next step that we really want to take. Um, this is so wrapped up in conflict. Yeah, that that this is, again, this is opening my eyes so much and giving me permission to look at conflict in a whole new way because it's like sometimes you have to step outside of the situation, right? And, and I think this happens in a lot of um, settings where it's like hindsight, right? So once you're out of the situation and you're not in the midst of it, you can see things a little bit more clearly, but it takes time to navigate through that. And whenever you're in this highly intense conflict, we don't ever think about taking that down the road, like you just said, and like, what is the ultimate outcome that I want? And let's follow this storyline. So I love that you just shared that because I can see how it would allow you to navigate through conflict in a way that feels a little bit more empowering, feels a little bit less confusing and gives you options of which story do I want to choose? Cause it's all story, right? There's facts of every situation and we get to choose the story. So what are we choosing and why are we choosing it? Where's yeah. the core wound? Where's the core belief? Where are we self-abandoning? What are we really looking for? So that is so powerful on so many levels. Again, like I said in the very beginning, I know so many people are going to have massive breakthroughs just through this conversation because you have such a gifted way of taking all of this experience in the corporate world that you've had and then reapplying it to how people can utilize these skills in an interpersonal way. So thank you so much for sharing that. And for people that maybe want more Morgan in their life, they are looking to resource back out of um, transition or tragedy or whatever's going on in their life. What's the best way for them to get into your energy and your world? Yeah, you can check me out on morganbullock.com. I'm really excited about launching the HR department uh, website, probably at the beginning of May. But for now, morganbullock.com. You can find me on Instagram at morganbullock underscore, um, on Facebook at the Morgan Bullock, and on podcast at Around and Within with Morgan Bullock. So yeah, I all the things. I love it. And guys, trust me when I tell you. So I found you through the Explore page on Instagram, which is fucking awesome. Like, this is why I love social media so much. And I started going down a rabbit hole on your, I saw one of your reels and I was like, this is amazing. And the content that you share and the light that you shine is so magnetic. So thank you for just being a light in my life and mirroring back to me, all the areas in which I have an opportunity to grow and learn and just for sharing your gifts. I appreciate you so much. And last question, you can go as big as you want. What are you celebrating right now? my damn 
myself. I'm celebrating myself um, and allowing others to celebrate me and not thinking that I have to be so self-sacrificing and giving to others. Granted, I love giving, right? But allow others to give to me and celebrating who I am and how far I've come and where I'm going. Yes, you know. Mm. So good. If you guys love this episode, please make sure you share it with a friend, tag us on Instagram. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. I'm going to bookmark this one for sure and come back and listen to it over and over because there were so many good nuggets. Thank you so much, Morgan, for being here. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful for you. Thanks for reaching out. All of this. Oh, it's been so great. It's been fun. (laughs) All right, guys. Until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.